What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and today I'm back with first-time guest, Austin Carr. It was great to sit down and talk to him. I had never met him before, actually, so this is our first conversation. I learned a lot about kind of what he has been up to um, before quarantine and during quarantine as well, uh, the comedy shows that he was running and being a part of before that, and also his podcast that he just started called People of Earth Podcast. So go check that out as well, uh, available on all platforms, and the link for that is in the podcast description. If you could also uh, go follow the podcast, this podcast, uh, on Instagram at I'm Getting There Pod, all one word, and hit the link in the bio to subscribe to whatever platform you listen on. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could please leave a review for the podcast, if you scroll to the bottom, you can leave a review there and hit that five star button, please. Trying to build that up, trying to get more reviews out there. And if you want to support the podcast even more, you can also donate to the podcast. Uh, link in the description for that for the tip jar is available. And if you become a recurring member to that tip jar, I got some private solo episodes up on Pinecast that you'll have access to. And uh, they'll be sent to your email, actually, so you can just pull it up right there and listen to them uh, from your email. And so uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate the support. We just hit over 100 subscribers, uh, which is really awesome. So thank you to all of you that have subscribed and are here today listening right now. It means a lot. Uh, And enjoy this episode with Austin. turning you up a little bit on my end too okay good okay cool so yeah i uh i came across you on instagram i was just kind of following people in the area you know comedians just trying to get to know um like what's going on and i came across you i think in right when you started doing the comedy on the bay uh Mm -hmm. show and i saw the promo for that and i was like holy shit this looks really cool and and then i kind of followed you and then was like oh shit like it's cool when you come across i think this kind of happens uh to a lot of people you come across a comedian that's just like been doing stuff and you're like you didn't know that person was out there and then you're like Mm. oh whoa this is cool like you just have the like this is this content that you just like i i thought the there's like the the talking after sets thing that you had going and then the comedy on the bay show and now you have um a podcast coming out too uh which is which is really cool to see i like i i i thought everything you were doing was was pretty cool like uh how Hell yeah dude thanks for having me thanks for yeah. saying that too um it's always funny when you get like turned on to a new comedian and it's just like the aladdin music plays a whole new world yeah <laughs> and you just got like all this shit to check out and you just wish you could have found out about it sooner um i it's, it's been that way for like a lot of the local comedians that i've come to love um and particularly when I was getting started too, it's like um, one of my favorite guys is Mark Smalls. And you find out he's got this Pure Sixty Nine podcast, and he's got all this Twitch channel. And you, it's like you find all these other things. And um, uh-huh. yeah, we're all working on shit in the background, and we just hope that someone out there thinks it's dope or appreciates it. And I'm glad to hear you do. And you got to fucking come out and hang out. We got to meet in person. Yeah, this for shit's sure. All over. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's something that I because I started doing like open mics in like 2018 Mm -hmm. and I had no idea I'm not even from California so I had no idea like 
about the area or what was going on. And it's just been like slowly kind of, you know, figuring out, like I started going to Santa Cruz and like getting to meet all the people in Santa Cruz. And then slowly I was going up to San Jose and just starting to, you know, basically just farther, farther North. Like you just find more and more and more. And yeah, I definitely, uh, I like, that's kind of the, the plan now, I guess, is to kind of just get to know and come more, more to the bay and like kind of just because uh, I think that's where everything is kind of happening or like where the scene is kind of like all forming towards is like the Bay Area, I think. Yeah. Well, so you're in Santa Cruz now? No, I'm actually in like kind of like Marina, like Monterey area. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty, pretty far down. But uh, yeah, you got to yeah, start I'm, climbing up here, dude. There's got to yeah. be. <laughs> what's the stage time like down there? It's got to mean, um, everything's dismal right now. But so before before everything kind of um, started, you know, before like the quarantine, uh, there was a couple open mics around this area and then everything was kind of Santa Cruz or San Jose. But I was actually doing a once a month like showcase in this bar in the basement of this bar mm-hmm. and it had like a nice like brick backdrop and uh it was cool we would like pack that thing out and have people like every every month and so that's how i was starting to meet people because I, I would just get told like oh you should bring this person you should book this person you should yep. and so um yeah i guess that was kind of what opened my eyes to and then i started trying to come to san jose and um yeah it's just I got used to just driving uh, a lot. That was kind of the <laughs> yeah. You just learn like oh, I'm gonna spend a lot of time in my car. Like <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's a lot of travel time, and particularly now, it's like if you want the stage time, you got to go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like the the um, definitely the right way to go about it. And the coolest part about running a show is then it's like um, it's like throwing a house party, and all the cool kids show up at your house, and you're like, oh, it's fucking Johnny, the quarterback, yeah. and and. Um, <laughs> You know, it's like you kind of feel the dreams mentality. You build it and people come and uh, you get to also not only network with those people, but then you get to see some of the high level local comedy and, and learn uh, just from being on those lineups, too. So that's that's yeah. dope. What was the show? So you it was at a local bar. What was it called? I always love uh, show names. I had it was called the Bricks and Beer Comedy Night. That was Oh, the, yeah. That was the name of it because it was and beer comedy, keeping it keeping it clean keeping it easy yeah well they were like a it was like a beer only bar like a tap house kind of deal like a brewery kind of thing so yeah it was just uh and then the brick and it was cool to have like the downstairs i think that's like the one of the best things about running like a bar show is having it separate from the bar oh my god yeah (laughs) i mean yeah you know that probably more than me but like yeah it's definitely annoying when like you're doing a show and there's just a bar right there and everybody's at it like Mm -hmm. talking and being loud so yeah having that removed was really nice and um i've been talking to them recently actually because they they had to basically start doing their business they had like they built like a beer garden in the back of their bar to like Mm -hmm stay afloat basically and uh we've been talking about doing some stuff out there now that the restrictions are kind of getting like loosened a little more so nice um yeah i think that's gonna be fun but i wanted to ask you like what like what were some of the i guess like because you you did you primarily from like do comedy in the bay area is that where you like started at or yeah i started in san francisco and um like you would start to, you know, venture out into the neighboring cities and whatnot. And, um, eventually would try to go out of state and, you know, only a a handful of times, but you just got to keep stringing those together. But yeah, I started in San Francisco. Okay. Um, like, did you try to go to like the, 
the clubs first? Was that like when you when you were like trying to do open mics, were you like, I need to go here right away, or did you try to like wait and um, you know like kind of build up some, I guess, some jokes or something, or like how did well, that? Because you're, yeah. you're you're closer to. Like, I don't know if that's like, when you're close to like a place that has like clubs around, you know, it's like, it seems like you want to kind of, you either want to just dive into that or you want to stay away. I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> there are, there are kind of conflicting mentalities about it. Some people kind of, I mean, it's all, it's all based around the same reverence. Everyone respects and reveres these clubs. And then some people just love them so much that they got to go there. And then some people are so afraid that they stay away. Um, but it's just two sides of the same coin. It's just because you love and respect the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, even though I, I always grew up in the Bay Area, um, but the city, I'm like 20 minutes south, but it felt like two hours. Um, I don't know. It just felt so far away. And so one day I just decided to go up into the city and, um, you know, life was fucking happening. And I wanted to throw a curveball as life was throwing me a curveball. So I said, you know, I want to get into stand up. I'm not brave enough to go out and do it yet. I've been writing for a while, but I'm, you know, even open mics terrify me. So I'm just going to go and try to get a job. Um, at one of the clubs working the door and that way I can be like, you know, the little kid scrubbing the court as the, the Knicks or the, you know, the Lakers go by and just watch as they're dunking. Yeah. And, uh, so I worked the door at Cobbs in San Francisco for like three years and it was like, uh, maybe six to nine months of working there before I finally worked up the courage to go to an open mic. Um, and I had been writing, you know, since college, and just didn't have like the courage to go out and do it and didn't think that anything that I had to say had any you know value or I don't know it was like to me I love comedy so much that I was like I don't want to take away stage time from someone that's you know a real comedian um but it's just about putting in the stage time and then you you earn your you earn your your place kind of a thing okay I don't know I just had to get out of my own way but it took a lot of time and a lot of people pushed me and once I got to the club, there were other people that were like, you know, on the local mic circuit and would go out like every Wednesday or, you know, it wasn't like a grind for them, but they would go hit mics because they love comedy. Gotcha. Um, and then eventually some more people started to come on that really wanted to pursue it. And so we'd have like three of us that would go out and try to hit three or four mics in one night. Um, but no, sorry, I'm I'm spinning a, a fable here to answer no, your it's... question. It's okay. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, no, it's cool because that's, it sounds like I'm like, it's like a similar, um, like I, I, it's like same like you run in, I like running into that. Like same thing kind of happened to me. I ran into a few people that wanted to do it more and more and they were mm-hmm. like, where, where's the, where's the mics at? We got to drive to them. And like, yeah, that makes it fun. Cause like you're saying without that initial kind of push from those other people or that kind of outside motivation, I guess, Mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have like pushed yourself to go and do all the stuff that you were um, like you're saying like three or four mics in a night kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I would have been still terrified in my apartment going, you know, bowing down to my poster of George Carlin saying I'll never get there. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it just took, you know, a lot of, it's kind of like um, I was talking to bring Mark Smalls back into this. I was talking to him about, comedy and and what it takes to kind of get started and he's like for me if i can see somebody do something i can understand it better and not to say like i can see it and do it but i can at least understand how they're attempting it and kind of the processes and i think it just is it's so much easier and also like you said so much more fun when you've got like three other people that are going to cruise with you and 
fuck it, baby. We're all bombing tonight. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you it's have like ten o'clock, and it's like yeah. there's like there's like a handful of people. You're like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then you have those great triumphant moments where you all have breakthroughs, and you can talk about your bits in the car ride home, and you know you feel like you're making that progress. Um, so I don't know. As much as comedy is like a, it's not really just the man in the arena. It really is a team sport in a lot of ways. Like. Yeah. It took it took finding that community for me um, to have the confidence in myself or to find the confidence in myself. And then, you know, you start to grind and go out a little bit more on your own. And now you're, you know, not walking on little Bambi legs and you can find your own way. Um, but it's always still fun to group up and, and just go out and hit a bunch of shit. It's kind of different when you're like getting booked on shows because not everyone's on the same lineup and you're kind of just hopping around doing your thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. when it starts to get a little, you know, like you hear road comics that are like bigger in the game talking about how much more lonely it is when you're just doing your own shows um i think eventually it probably turns into that but it's fun to at least for now be in the stage of like just going out with a couple other you know goal chasers dumbass dreamers (laughs) yeah for sure uh is that kind of i guess the inspiration behind like the um the like talking after sets thing that you had going um Mm. like that seems like you like that community or that like um i guess experience or something uh was like something you were trying to share with that it seems like like the like the after show vibes of hanging out or kicking it um i like the i like like podcasts that kind of there's some podcasts that kind of do that too and and or try to create that like i think um that's something that's like way like a lot of fun, but the people don't get to see cause it's, it's just yeah. a, the comics ha- like making fun of each other or mm-hmm. like that's dude, that's so much fun. Like that's why I, like, I, I hosted a roast battle. We only did it one time, but I was like, this is awesome. Like I could, I could do this like every couple of months, like have like, uh, cause be, like this, the, <laughs> it's it just, just gets a different brutal. energy. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets brutal and it's, but it's, it's all for fun and yeah, it's a different yep. energy. Um, yeah, I've, I've um, I've never been a part of a roast battle, but I've I, I somehow ended up judging one one time, and it was just it was so fun to watch. Like, it's just a different kind of cutthroat energy, and it's like all these sweethearts that you see night after night at the mics, and now they're just like, you're gonna fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, roasting is is a lot of fun, and that's a lot of what goes on in the green room is a lot of that roasting, and and you're either making fun of what the other person's wearing that night, or or mm-hmm. what they're talking about, or their set, or, or you know, psyching them out, or afterwards you're like, well, that didn't, you know. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of like the locker room camaraderie and rubbing elbows, and I wanted to try to bring that onto the stage if I could. So that was like the main um, idea behind that show is just to, to make, you know, so many times you go to a comedy show and you're like, I really fucking like that comedian. And then they go away and that's it. And you might, you might see him after the show and get that little bit of an interaction and say, yo, mm-hmm. you're super fucking funny. Or I really love that, you know, that bit. Um, but for the most part, they're just gone. And you kind of like are hoping and waiting to maybe see them again one day or until they become a name. Um, and so I was just like, you know, how do we, how do we take all that experience that's going on in the background and just keep it on stage and make, make, make it so that, um, the people that you like don't have to go away. They stay there. And so we like, you know, had a little panel that you would go up to your set and come sit at the panel. And, um, over the course of the show, everyone would assemble 
um after having done their lineup just like you would in the green room it's just now on a panel lined up on stage yeah. we all have a mic and would riff a little bit in between each set about how that set went or talk about you know like you know riff off of uh, a topic or whatever and then um at the end of the show we'd have like 10 15 minutes of all five of us at the table just riffing and that was a lot of fun oh nice yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a it's almost like a short like live podcast at the end i guess like you could i had of, it could have been like a Alive. I guess you could have done like a long form like live podcast or something too with it or yeah man I had um and that's where I was you know so lucky to be having this opportunity but also so green when it was like when it was all happening too that I had mm-hmm. no idea I just knew I had a really fun concept and I didn't know what I wanted it to be I think in the end it's probably um cool that it was a fun live experience that um you know you really just had to like be there and it it, it gave that special in the room night that night of energy um originally i wanted to live stream it on youtube uh but the comics were like ah you know we don't really want our material being broadcast we also really don't want you monetizing it and i was like well i wasn't even fucking thinking about that i just want to get eyes on you guys but um yeah so i ended up not live streaming it and i could have you know turned it into a podcast but then again i'm recording everyone's material because it does Mm -hmm. include that stand-up portion is a pretty big part of the show uh it still is a live showcase um and then i always thought i should just do like a companion podcast where it's like after the show we just go right up into the green room and and keep riffing for like an hour um yeah but then that's kind of like what we just did on stage now you're trying to yeah so i think i would have to do it with like a different group of comics but i could probably still do a talking after sets podcast in some way shape or form yeah or yeah, I don't. That is interesting to think about, like, because there's so many. Because it's very was... podcasty in nature. It's like when you're watching yeah. it, it's kind of a mix between a live showcase and a little bit of like uh, the Johnny Carson couch thing, where it's like mm-hmm. a late night show. Um, I don't know. In some ways, it feels like you should be watching it at home or listening as well. Um, but you know, a lot of these comics that I really love and, and wanted to prop up and and get as many eyes on them as possible they're still growing still developing their material and so you don't want to just put that out there and have yeah. them have to either burn it or whatever you know yeah it, it could just... be like a half half finished thing that they're just kind of talking about or wanting to they're wanting to maybe just get a reaction in that moment to yeah. even work on it even further you know like my god the... even my sets i wouldn't have wanted them looking yeah. back you know um <laughs> that as, is as, interesting yeah <laughs> you know it uh, really yeah. is funny about how particular we are about when we want to present our material because we go through so many nights of the bullshit where it's like 60 percent 66 percent 70 percent just barely passing and then you have like a spike of an 88 and you're like oh fuck i'm close <laughs> and, then, and that was it's definitely here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you don't oh, want to be putting out any fucking you know c-level material from one of your favorite local comedians that you put on your show and then you know four years later they get a special on netflix and everyone's like i remember when yeah or, i heard that joke on this this already like <laughs> yeah uh, for so sure. it ended up being what it was but it was still a lot of fun okay that's yeah and now i mean now you have uh you started a podcast and you have yeah. a podcast of your own which uh it was people of the earth right is that's the, that's the name people of the podcast of earth. oh people uh, of earth sorry yeah there is a people of the earth as well there's a lot of 
permutations of it out there. So we just mm-hmm. get people of Earth of Austin Car if you want to like okay. have the most direct pathway. But um, yeah, it's essentially um, still around that same thesis of trying to capture that green room energy and, and showcasing some of these personalities comedically that I love so much. And uh, and also just I think as you know with your podcast, um, every comedian should have a podcast as kind of a companion piece to their career. Uh, riff a little bit, work some shit out, have conversations where they might not otherwise have. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a time to really sit down with somebody that is also doing something in a similar vein or maybe something completely different and just having like a long form conversation, which you don't get to do. I feel like you don't get to do really a whole lot at all with no. anybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I feel like everybody, especially lately, has felt that, but. Uh, it really, for me, has been the opportunity to like, yeah, really talk to people and really kind of um, just get a my like my perspective is conf- constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've had, I had like I talked to um, Carlos Rodriguez on here. It was really that was a really good conversation to have. I've, I've I've seen him a few times at shows and also like done some like uh, shows with him too. And he's just a really cool dude that I like to chat with. Same with like. Um, uh, Jay Light, when he came on here, a really good, really good conversation with him. Like, there's certain comics that I've been able to connect with, like, like even like yourself, and just have like, um, yeah, just get like some some insights, some like, uh, some you know, some stories, some fun, like, just experience. It's all like, it's all like just absorbing and 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 you know, talking to people, dude. It's super cool. Like, yeah, and capturing that green room kind of energy or like riffing on stuff with people is fun. Yeah, so man. fun. <laughs> like it's, and we're it's... all we're all running the same rat race too. So it's nice every once in a while when someone looks over to check on you while you're running your laps, or you know, you have that little bit of a connection, and it's not all just tunnel vision. Yeah, because <laughs> so much, you know, so much of this can be a grind like that, and you're just like, man, I'm fucking in the shit right now. But it's nice yeah. to be able to have you know either green room hangouts or podcasts or seeing each other at a show where you look next to your buddy and he's like, yeah, I'm in it too. I got my Mm -hmm. helmet on. The grenades are coming, but we're fucking ready to go. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm curious, like, uh, like how much of, of it for you has been just like, like learning, have you like learning how to use like all this stuff like this and like, Mm -hmm. um, like learning how to edit stuff or like how much of that, like, have you like is it is it been i guess easy for you to pick up or has it been like <laughs> no challenging like <laughs> yeah <have> you... <laughs> it's i i am a monkey i am i am <laughs> just beyond that stage of evolution <laughs> you know i i shed some of the body hair but other than that okay. i you're yeah. the not fully standing person yeah the, i i, I hunch a little bit <laughs> yeah. i hunch i drag a little bit i climb okay. uh <laughs> But like, there's a reason that I'm podcasting you from home today and not in the studios. My producer, um, you know, I, it feels like he's the fairy godmother that comes in there and snaps his fingers, and all of a sudden the cameras light up, and we can be live on, uh, you know, whatever broadcasting service or you know, get everything recording and and all the the levels sound perfect. And yeah, I'm just in there like, are we ready to go? Yeah, <laughs> I uh, to my you know to my shame have not put in enough time learning the technical side of all this. Like I could probably do a little bit more, um, but it's been fun to team up with somebody who like that's their world. And so 
I can just, you know, focus on fully be on the creative side. Ideally. Yeah. But I mean, he's a very creative guy too. And so we can collaborate on some shit and throw it back and forth. Um, but it's, yeah, it's ma- mainly the ability to free me up from all that head scratching um, because mm-hmm. it does get very just primitive and embarrassing very quickly. I'll get so frustrated and be like, I can't fucking get this to work. <laughs> it's it's a, I'll never have it's the dream is over. Yeah. <laughs> so I applaud you. I dude, I don't know how you do it all on your own. And I mean, you know, setting up zoom is, is easy enough. Um, I, I've gotten yeah. that far. I can, I can get my mic going. Um, I, you know, cobble together my gaming headset so I can hear you at nice. least, but <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like, I feel like a guy with like a tool belt on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, uh, in school, like did some minor like computer stuff. So I had some kind of, you know, like, but some that's sort paying of, off. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's like, I have some sort of ability to, but it is a lot of, it is a lot of learning. And then also you go and you watch people. <laughs> this is my, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is what I enjoy about kind of doing things on my own is deciphering through just the garbage YouTube videos of people <laughs> yeah. trying to explain stuff yeah you're like ah oh, man like <laughs> like oh. I, yours is this video is just not useful at all <laughs> like there's just so many videos like that and so i kind of enjoy that part of it too is like okay like finding a guy that's actually helpful if you're like dude you're this is a saint like, a yeah, godsend. Yeah. yeah you are amazing like <laughs> so that's like been uh this year in quarantine since we can't go out and, and do as much live stand-up i was like let me try to um learn how to edit on on uh premiere okay and cut up some of my old clips and you know put out some videos because i hadn't put out any clips before this year mm-hmm. um and my god <laughs> I have never felt stupider in my life and, and less dexterous with a mouse. You'll go this way and everything's fucked up. And thank God for those people. Like you're talking about that, like succinctly explain exactly what you're doing wrong and mm-hmm. just make it, you know, finally make sense. But there's so many of those videos where it's like the guy has his, his face <laughs> camera on him and he's like, now all you got to do is click right here. Click right there, and you're. And he's looking at the screen. He's yeah, like, all you gotta do is, <laughs> is just click here, and you just you can hear it, and you're like, okay, like. <laughs> and you just want to pick it up and throw it, and just leave, and be like, fuck it, I'll climb mountains, I'll be a, a shepherd. I don't know. <laughs> there's got to be a simpler life. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. There's there's really something to it, and, uh, yeah, there's. <laughs> this this is funny because I, this this applies to so many things like i've been recently like i want to get like a nicer camera and like a newer computer for for doing stuff like this uh-huh. and so i've been doing doordash just to kind of get like some extra cash on the side in my spare time but yeah. like i thought people were bad at like ordering their food like <laughs> working in customer service People trying to tell you where they live for oh you to God. drop their food off is another like, level of human. Not right just, here, dude. Yeah, no. There, this lady legitimately uh, in the destruction in the instructions just put it's the main house. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, the one. Yeah, and I pull up and there's just I'm in a development and I'm like, you yeah. have to be fucking with me. So I <laughs> I call her and I go, hey, so uh, the directions say the main house, and she just goes, yeah, and I go. <laughs> and I, 
I really like I'm proud of myself because in the moment I wanted to just totally <laughs> but I realized like oh I'm I'm technically working right now so I had to be yeah. like um I don't quite know what you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> if you could elaborate further man yeah please yeah please what what do you mean by main and she's like oh the first house I go oh first got it first house first whatever different than main but okay <laughs> <laughs> the first and main it's the only that's, yes. the, that's the next one and she's gonna say it's the only house yeah. if you're not first you're last okay like this <laughs> yeah. house is here <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah that's gotta yeah. be a fucking head scratcher no yeah some people, people are just yeah <laughs> i i remember just like a week it seemed like just a week a, a week ago there was a flooding of people coming back out into the world and i had been um cheating and, and going out to get some coffee at my, my coffee shop every once in a while, you know, trying to stay in, be good, whatever. But my yeah. barista is like my, my one like ear to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and for a while it was just us in there. And then this lady comes in and she's like, I can't taste any chocolate in this at all. It is just milk and like slams it down <laughs> on the counter. And I lean in and I was like, aren't you glad all these people are back? <laughs> and, and he was just like he red in the face, trying to be so professional in front of her. And I was just like, "Yeah, I, I meant what I said, lady. Aren't you glad all these people are back?" Because <laughs> for a while, you just had like eight people you were dealing with. It was just like you, your roommates, significant other if you have mm-hmm. those, family if you're lucky, and then that one friend that doesn't give a fuck, and then like your your delivery driver or um, yeah, you know, whoever. It's like your essential people, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah like there's essential work. workers and then there's essential people and that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> and then you just you're seeing that it, it is the amazon or the food delivery driver and you're like fucking andy dufresne every time you come to the front of your house <laughs> <laughs> it's just so glad to see another face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of happy to see you too almost yeah you know, it's exactly like, <laughs> it's nice. they're like hoping it's like a they're hoping it says hand it to the customer they're like i don't want to just leave it at the door for them like yeah you do want to see them you know yeah i want to feel good for like giving them their mcdonald's that just some eye contact to get me through the day (laughs) yeah like (laughs) what's his name from home improvement just over the fence (laughs) Uh. no seriously yeah the but i've noticed too like last night i went up to went up to santa cruz and i did the the drive-in show that they had there yeah and hanging out with, with like other comics standing there just like talking with our masks on it feels like you have that feeling of when you were in school and you were it's like you're reverted like socially mm-hmm. like you just are like trying to think so hard of what to say you keep yeah you're <laughs> you keep just fucking misfiring. Up. You're like, yeah, yeah you're like uh and everybody everybody's doing it though so we're all just kind of looking at each other like <laughs> Are you? Is this real? Is this really going on? Like, yeah, it's like it's been a while. Really huh? not communicate anymore. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. Look at us, professional speakers, failing to communicate. <laughs> just, just saying ridiculous. I mean, like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I'll just. I'm gonna go stand yeah. over here now. It is a lot of middle school energy. You're like, what did I just? What came out of my mouth? My God, they're looking at me. They're all looking at me. Even with like adults, though, in the store too. Yeah, it's it's, it's just it's a, it's interesting. I never thought I would experience something like this. I guess, uh, like people, as a kid, you know, you don't think you're going to grow up and have to go through a pandemic and. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I um I I wonder how unique of an experience that is because I was just watching these videos of like uh, 
back in in old Cold War days and sh- where they'd have uh, you know the air raid sirens and all the kids would have to go under their desks and okay, that was yeah. and, and you know uh, or there was a while too where they were distributing gas masks all the kids mm-hmm. had to have their gas masks just in case and so it would be like a family occurrence that you know Saturday night after dinner gas mask drill let's go how fast can you all get your gear on the russians are at our door wow and so it's like i don't know i think as weird this is fucking the weirdest shit i've ever experienced too but i think people have always had kind of weird uh disruptive kind of quasi apocalyptic the sky is falling um yeah, moments like the, in their I lives guess the time before that it was like get prepared for like nuclear fallout yeah. kind of stuff and yeah get under your that, desk because that's gonna save you <laughs> yeah wow yeah that is interesting to think about like there's always been like a fear and it just has evolved and changed and uh like morphed and, and <laughs> yeah and we're you know just to an extent it's kind of the same monkey people that are dealing with it the same way monkeys deal with you know a lot of us kind of get really uh viscerally upset about it and and very scared and then some people are better at handling it than others it's also Mm -hmm. really funny this whole with the the masks um yeah i found it uh you know as comics you just got to make jokes sometimes and you got to make light of the situation and so like when when the mask thing was first really becoming uh you know a necessity rather than just like uh an option Mm mm-hmm um, I was working at a coffee shop at the time and there was like a while where it was like, you know, considered polite to wear a mask, which you didn't have to. And it was like, you know, early March, April, and then May, May, everything started to escalate. But once Tiger we were like King wearing, days. yeah, Tiger King <laughs> days. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> once we were wearing masks the full time, uh, it was kind of like carte blanche to fuck around a little bit. And like, you could do any voice you wanted. I started just running a uh, little voice bits <laughs> by people. I'd be Scottish for a day. And fuck around a little bit, have some fun. How you doing? <laughs> Oat milk latte, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just kind of like, I don't know. It, I I noticed some people um, like talking under their breath under the mask too. You can you can see them. Uh, this lady the other day jumped around a corner and scared me. And then she was, I don't know why. She, I, people feel like just because you're wearing a mask, you can make some funny eyes and do that with your eyebrows and. I don't know. At least people are having kind of fun with it in, in some ways, but mostly it's just been upsetting. <laughs> and weird. Yeah. I've been kind of making a, making a joke about it, how it's taken away like some of our sense of smell a little bit. Uh huh. So you can kind of, you can like smoke weed and go mm-hmm. places more, I think. And people, it's less noticeable. Like I've, I, th- I think I've gotten away with just like, like smoking a whole joint in my car and then going to the grocery store and like, you don't get those dirty looks of like, oh God, like it's, yeah, it's just it's kind of like normal. Yippee. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this youth over here. Just wasting his brain. Jeez. Yeah, you could be like, <laughs> well, there are studies that show that COVID uh, or that, that weed smoke actually helps against, or I don't know. I was going to try to spin some bullshit there, but I'm not even going to go for it. My stoner brain just the checked THC out. The THC helps you with COVID, dude. Yeah. <laughs> See my brain just lean back and go, you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you got it from here, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Um, speaking of, can I smoke in here? Is this a network show? No, yeah, go for it, dude. All right. uh, I actually did that beforehand. I uh, I had a feeling. Nice. 
Yeah, I uh, I brought my I brought my dab rig last night to the show, and people were people give me. I'm I'm trying to get rid of the stigma of like having a, like a like a torch and everything with you. And you're gonna have to help me because dabs frighten the shit out of me. I had a buddy like when we were talking about the early days of going out. Mm-hmm. He would bring his dab rig in the car, and it was pre-COVID, so we'd all take dabs before like our third set of the night. Okay. So like the first two sets would be somewhat normal. You're kind of stoned. You had maybe a spliff or a joint. And then that third set is the dab set. And that one hurt. (laughs) (laughs) That one felt like running in sand. (laughs) I don't know how you do it, dude. Um, Well, I, I like, uh, I've been doing it for a while, I guess. And like in college is when I started kind of getting into it. My friends had a, because I started smoking weed like in college, I hadn't done it at all until then. And then it only been a couple months of me actually getting high before they gave me a dab. They're like, "Here, dude, try this." You know? And no. I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was kind of just like thrown into it. But no, I like it for just the like the flavor, like the way that you okay. can taste. Like, because there's some there's some stuff that the way they make it is uh, like you like. It's made so that you get a taste what the plant smelled like when it was alive, as opposed to like like when it, when weed dries, it like loses some of its you know smell like the smell changes like the terpenes and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, some of the oil you get that that flavor and that and it's like really strong. You get it like when you inhale it, like it's all up in your face and nose, and it's just like it makes you like some I've some I've had some stuff like make me like teary eyed because it's just the terpenes are so like intense so i guess it is the most scientific delivery and also processing method of <laughs> it's wild and, and it's crazy how much like thought goes into all of it and and to make that effect of like being able to taste what the plant smelled like and yeah like really be true to the experience and then you're just fucking blasted though that's blasted. the craziest yeah i can't do big <sighs> ones of that stuff like the nice oil that i'll go and get sometimes i'm like just the tiniest little like i'm i'm with the tool like all fucking mm-hmm. close like trying to just get a little you know piece i'm like dude if i if i do a big one of this i'm just i can't do anything i'm just not gonna be able to go anywhere like <laughs> yep it's a stationary day yeah but <clears throat> yeah i like I'm, yeah i just i like the there, the whole experience of it you know there i yeah I, I love the rituals of smoking so for me i um i've I still have my like my bongs and my my pieces and my pipes and all that stuff, but I've kind of packed it away and I've just gotten to rolling spliffs and okay. and joints. Um, I don't know what it is about that, but for me, that's gets me right there. And I smoke because I have anxiety too, so I think the ritual of like it's probably the, the same as, as the, yeah yeah yeah. Dude, you you uh, you cut your little swab, you get it on the nail, and you you heat the torch and you light the plate, and it's yeah. all those little you can um, wait for it to cool down and. Yeah, and it's like, all right, you, dude. Yeah, it's you feel uh, like a druid or an alchemist or something, some sort of medicinal, you know. Yeah, and doctor. I know what you mean about uh, like I love rolling joints and and blunts and stuff. Like I, I'll like if I get my hands on some some nice flour, I'll like I have some you know some papers here that I'll I'll sit and like I love that taking it out. You know, I don't I like hand pick it apart and um, you know put it in the paper and then you twist the top and it, yeah it feels like you've accomplished something it's like i've accomplished this joint now i'm going to devour it and then yeah uh, it's, it's like just, a little piece of art it's a little origami thing that's you know yeah. perfect little torpedo and you're like this mm-hmm. is gonna get me there we're going yeah and then you i think over time too you like you learn what you like about joints too 
-hmm. So you just basically roll yourself your own perfect joint after a while, essentially, because it's like I like a I like them kind of like like fatter, like Mm -hmm. shorter and fatter as like. Some people, you know, and some people like rolling like like fucking toothpicks, you know. They and go for so, the long Cruella Deville little cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I think everybody has like their own thing, and yeah. um, some people care, some people don't, and some people just want. Some people just go and buy, you know, a pre roll or buy like. That's a the biggest blasphemy or... to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've bought pre rolls before too, but it's like learn to roll appreciate the craft all right ground yourself in what you're doing <laughs> it well, does man, feel you... like i can't think of another like example to compare that to mm. um it would i mean i guess it is like buying like going and buying a burrito like it's mm. you could just make yourself it. a burrito yeah. yeah it's that same kind of <laughs> yeah it's that same kind of like just uh <laughs> like go make your own it's probably the way woodworkers look at people who shop at IKEA. <laughs> They're like, yeah, go outside, <laughs> chop down a tree, you fucking get a simps handsaw. buying your yeah. couches and tables. Get the fuck out of here. Eight hundred dollars. <laughs> that's just a that's just a couple weekends, dude. Come it's a on. stump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up. Uh, my stepdad was a carpenter, so I I totally have. Like, <laughs> I think about yeah, like <laughs> uh, we're gonna build. We're gonna build a fucking thing for it. We're gonna build yeah. the greenhouse. We're gonna. Build and it's gonna the barn. be exactly the way we want it. Yeah, fucking hire people to. <laughs> uh, dude, I don't know why I just remembered this, but you're talking about um, dabbing and. Uh, have you gone up to San Francisco for shows yet? Um, I've done one and i'm actually doing one this weekend it'll be all i will have already done it by the time this comes out but i'm doing nice. Zan, xander's uh backyard show that he has going xander Belgium. right on yeah yeah, yeah. So um there, for that. there used to be a show at a dispensary um urban farm okay in the city and uh they had a dab bar and so you would go in and perform at the dab bar and you would take a dab before and after your set or whatever and uh, some people will take it during and then meanwhile you're surrounded by a room of people that have also just taken dabs and um <laughs> your jokes are on like i know this is like the hackiest thing to say but your jokes were on like a fucking three second delay mm-hmm. and it was just so hard to like a try to grasp your thoughts and spin it in in a cohesive joke manner like tell you i can tell a joke i've, I've done yeah. this before yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile they're just trying to understand what the fuck you're saying and oh my god i remember that was one of the most frustrating comedy experiences it wasn't not fun but it wasn't like easy or satisfying it just it, it was bewildering yeah. i felt like i was not speaking english and then i, I remember i was like are you guys like foreigners or something are you from germany and they're like no <laughs> we're from here <laughs> nah, dude, we're from here. up on knob hill yeah. <laughs> just trying to figure out what the fuck you're saying yeah <laughs> that's awesome uh yeah I've, they back uh back home and um, i'm from washington and i nice they had a show at I think they still have it. It's a similar thing. They call it the dope show. And it's like you do your set and then you well, you do a set sober and then I think you go and smoke and then you come back and you do another. I've heard about this. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's Man. a lot of um, iterations of that. Someone made it uh, popularized in LA and they called it the Gateway Show or something. Oh, okay. And that was part of, um, I think, Sketchfest or um, one of those Clusterfest comedy festivals that was in the city last. I remember seeing the Gateway Show and hearing about that. Thinking that was an interesting. Uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be funny to watch somebody just like have a like have a high energy, just like very animated first set, right? And then <laughs> they go back and blaze it, and they come out, and they're like, so um, they're just kind of standing <laughs> yeah. like the the change, and it would be so. And it always is funny, just just that itself, just watching yeah. somebody like get high in itself is funny. Like that'll never. Like it's 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 there's so many like hacky things around it, but it's because it never gets old really of watching like certain people just like get super blazed. Just it's hilarious. And either like, get uncomfortable if... or slow down, like you said. And yeah, that would be funny watching like someone come out as like Sam Kinison and then the second set is there Stephen Wright and just going around <laughs> and mumbling and going through one liners. Yeah. Or or they become more expressive. Like the opposite yeah. effect would be cool too, just to watch somebody get way more comfortable on weed. Because I, I, I feel that way when I smoke sometimes that I kind of loosen up and I'm a little more – Spins you up a little bit. Yeah, a little more free to like say stuff. Although yeah. I have I have like smoked too much and then tried to do like an open mic and just was not making any sense and – my friends were even like, "What were you trying to? What were you trying to say, dude?" <laughs> what were you and going for like, there? Yeah, I was like, "Well, I mean," and, and they're like explaining it, and they're still like, ah. "Yeah." But where's the where's the part that make people <laughs> makes people yeah. laugh? And you're like, "I don't know, dude." Where's I the that funny was in it? it? Yeah, I thought that was the part. <laughs> yeah, that's like where it's. I think the same dance that drinkers do because some people are like, "Man, I get a whiskey on stage and I'm feeling good," but then you go into like two or three and you start slurring your words and. um just getting mm-hmm. a little more sloppy and less organized with your delivery. And I think it is kind of the same way. I'm uh, similar with you where like, if I smoke, I, I usually get in my, my golden retriever mode. And now I'm very excitable and got a lot of energy and I can say the things that I want to say. And I'm pretty much as articulate as I normally am. I don't mm-hmm. notice a huge dip until I like overdo it. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy at the dab bar calling everybody Germans. <laughs> <laughs> getting two in your head and being just like, like I, I, I'll like I'll talk a lot slower when I'm really high too, and mm-hmm. even in podcasts, I like notice myself when I listen back to it. Sometimes I'll, I'll like if I'm if I was high on it or like too a little too high on it, I'll <laughs> I'll just see like whole seconds go by where it's and then I'll, I'm like, um, yeah, the. And I just can't yeah. form my thoughts. I'm like, I'm just so just slowed down. I've just been, error codes. Yeah, I've just been like, just <laughs> dialed back. Playback yeah. speed. I'm at like half speed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like you. I started smoking mostly in college. I smoked a little bit in high school, um, and it was mainly for my anxiety. I had friends that had you know medicated with pharmaceuticals and done the whole chemical route, and that just didn't seem like something I wanted to do. And so this mm-hmm. was like a, a happy medium for me where I didn't feel like I was altering myself too much. That's yeah. the other thing. My, I, I smoke pretty consistently throughout the day. I'm like a fucking, particularly in quarantine. I'm on my little Willie Nelson over here. <laughs> Blues guys are all I see. <laughs> my girl is like, I don't know how you smoke so much and you're just still normal. And, but then it like turned on my anxiety where the dark voice was, I was like, well, am I normal? And it, 
No, I don't know. <laughs> you start to you start, you start to, to think, think like <laughs> yeah. You start to wonder if you are, you know, I guess uh, tempering yourself a little bit, or but then I, I don't know. I, I'm just too much of a fucking stress ball to go without yeah. at this point. So I think it's just about moderation and hitting that that right level and then not overdoing it. Um, yeah. And if you, yeah, I feel like with, with weed, if you overdo it, it's like not. It's not like the worst thing in the world. Like it, it, it kind of you kind of just like you like slap yourself on the wrist. You're like, no, nah, yeah. I can't. I you're just can't, gonna like, throw throw your day off. But you, <laughs> you only have can't so sleep many on days. the couch for four hours in the middle of the day. And then, yeah, and then eat all the food when I wake up. It's not. Yeah, you just kind of have to. <laughs> you have to have like a talk with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, I have had many of those talks. <laughs> we can't keep doing this again, Austin. <laughs> Look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like this is the. <laughs> it's a the struggle, people man. People are starting to know you by name at the pizza place. You have <laughs> <Yeah>. to calm <laughs> down. <laughs> oh my god! Dude. One time uh, when I was living in the city, I would get um, Postmates a lot when I would have have those like indoor stoner days where I would just you know yeah yeah, yeah. I'm inside today. I'm an indoor cat, and um, I went out for my Postmates one day and I had ordered Burger King. And, um, I'm like right at the bottom of my stairs, my, my building, I'm waiting for the guy. He comes over, hands off to me. I say, thanks, man. Have a good one. And then this fucking random guy walks by on the street and goes Burger King again, huh? No way. And I was like, (laughs) what are you a fucking, are you working at the CIA? Are you a plant? (laughs) Who does that to somebody, man? And dude, that <laughs> fucked me up so hard. I was going to say that's like existential, dude. I put the Burger King down. <laughs> I went upstairs and I had a talk with myself. I was like, really? Burger King again? The people know. Oh, man. <laughs> that is just also like for him to just have that like timing is is great. Like I, if I was that per if I was him, dude, and I saw you twice, <laughs> would be, I'd be like, okay. I'd be talking about that at my funeral. I'd, it'd be yeah. My last words, I'd be like, I fucking I, that Burger King kid, never forget. That's such a Ugh. shitty impression to have. With That's the worst, dude. When you have an impression with somebody that you just can't like fix, it's just uh, you're the Burger King guy. <laughs> you're like, I yep. don't want to be that guy. I moved. I moved to a different apartment. I was like, I can't see these people anymore my reputation in this town they know is me on this block dude i gotta move they know my habits <laughs> on, i'm like a criminal i just gotta keep moving <laughs> <laughs> the burger king kid strikes again yeah, yeah i gotta It'd work be funny as fuck if you're in that area again at a burger king uh-huh. and that dude rolls up <laughs> into a burger king and is like i mean you gotta be fucking kidding me man <laughs> yeah Oh my god! You'd be like, dude, go somewhere else. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever like, tried Wendy's? Just yeah, once. the chicken fries are not that good, dude. You have yeah. to stop. <laughs> he stages an intervention. He's like, we're not letting you in. <laughs> you just I gotta find a way to work that into a bit somehow because that I forgot, I totally forgot about that until you brought that up, uh, and that was the stupidest experience of my life. Yeah, so. <laughs> And I went up and I had to talk to myself. I didn't eat. I I ate the Burger King cold like an hour later because I was literally just upset. That almost makes it. Oh, what kind of? What was it? Do you remember? It's a Whopper and fries, and it wasn't even like I wasn't going crazy. I just wanted a a burger. Yeah, 
Standard. Okay. Yeah. But it was the fact that it was Burger King again, huh? And then he, he kept walking. He didn't even look at me to smile and get the satisfaction <laughs> out of it. He knew it landed. Walk. He knew it landed. He knew I was hurt. <laughs> Dude, that uh, is so funny. Those are just the... You shouldn't be allowed to do moments. it because it's such a... <laughs> that's such a just... <laughs> You just—it's like a—it's a hit and run, man. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's domestic terrorism. <laughs> yes. You can't just put somebody down and keep walking, and uh, then that's just such a deep cut. You're like threw me into the gutter. Let me damn. bleed out. Like, <laughs> like who am I? For real. <laughs> the worst part about it too is I was living right above Golden Boy Pizza, so it's like I could have pizza anytime I want. Why am I ordering Burger King? I don't know. That's not really—that's anecdotal, but. The whole thing just felt so stupid to me. I was like, I need to get my life together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> oh, man, Haven't had Burger shit. King in eight months. All right? <laughs> Knocked it. Fuck the king, dude. <laughs> if I the see king a is crown dead. on your head, I'm beating your ass. <laughs> Heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> That's such a... They've... They've kept that for so long. That's been so consistent with them and their marketing, if you think about yeah, it. The yeah. fucking king. I I understand it is Burger King, like the same with like Jack in the Box, and they had the Taco Bell dog for a while, and they got rid of him because I think that was cultural appropriation. Yeah, what is Taco Bell now? Is it just like a deep voice? That's you know what they really they (laughs) fucked up because they had the best, the simplest, most succinct marketing for a product you could ever want when they launched the Crunch Wrap. It's good to go. Yep. And now that means that. Yeah. I could just do that, and you know exactly. You know, I, if I didn't yeah, even you know say that. Means, you know, this means it's good to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. They could have just went Taco Bell. Yeah, and just it's good to go. Yeah, you're, you're gonna We're... shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking clean your system, like just. <laughs> you're gonna that's... need an enema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah, you could just turn a. Yeah, turn a place into just a hand motion. That's. It's probably. I I just now was thinking about how much fast food I've probably ordered in quarantine, just in the year twenty twenty. I'll probably a lot. Pro- I wonder if it would be more yeah. than like other <laughs> other years in my life stacked together. Interesting. Like if you put all the years and then you put the amount. This is not interesting. Don't you interesting me. (laughs) I know I'm not being interesting, damn it. (laughs) It would definitely be a significant, like, if it was a graph and it had, Mm. like, levels of fast food that you ordered over the years. I think, for me, too, I'm I'm just agreeing with you here that, yeah, 2020 would be. Yeah, I'm not. If you look at the evidence, Austin, you've clearly just. (laughs) If you look at Exhibit A, he's had Burger King again. Yeah. (laughs) No, but. Yeah, it's definitely been more. <clears throat> yeah. And I think they've been they've also been pushing it more, I think. I think there's I don't think it's all us. I think it's I think it's, it's a lot of phones. circumstantial. It's our phones and our screens being like they For got sure. the new thing now. You have to yeah. go get it and try it. And Taco Bell's frying cheese. Yeah, it's if you don't try but... it, you're 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 missing out. Like you're <laughs> you're not a good human. That's basically what the every marketing is telling you. If you don't yeah. get this thing, you're not a good human. Mm-hmm. They should just start saying that, and that's yeah. all they need to say. We don't need. I don't need a fancy like the flying of the cheese onto the meat and everything. Yeah. I just need to be told, hey, if you don't come buy this, you're not a good person. And Are I'll you be tired like, of being a bad person? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be a good person? 
eat some Taco Bell. <laughs> Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I do have an interesting question. If I can pivot here and, uh, and yeah, go uh, for it. Ask you a question. <clears throat> for sure. So a lot of times when comics <coughs> start out, there will there will be talking about a thing. They'll have mm-hmm. like something in their set that they're talking about that doesn't necessarily define them, but in an interesting way. I feel like it does. There's something to be said for that initial creative intention. So, your first couple sets, what were you talking about? Um, my first couple sets, I was just broad strokes, like topically. It was observational stuff. Uh-huh. It was like I did this. One of the first jokes I remember that I had that was getting laughs was that I was leaving a Panda Express and I coughed and some of the food like went onto the glass and the and they saw me. <laughs> and then I like looked at I made eye contact with the people and then I left and it just left it on the glass. <laughs> but that is a real thing. So I was just like that was one of my early like things that was actually starting to get laughs. But and then I started kind of just I think everybody kind of does like the I had like kind of like dirty joke or like kind of dirtier jokes or like like dick jokes you know Mm -hmm. at the beginning kind of but i would say observational stuff was kind of my more at the beginning what i was trying to do that's gold dude that's a that's a very funny just scene to set up and to be able to i mean you've been doing it you said for three years now Mm -hmm. so like yeah now you've you've boiled it down to that succinct image is like the economy of words in that to get a laugh is is very that's a good joke thanks yeah well and it yeah like before I was yeah I was talking about like throwing my food away in the guard like I was explaining all these details that didn't matter when mm-hmm. like and not getting to just the the, the moment thing itself yeah like I spit food on the door and then left it there is like that's just to yeah um like I also <clears throat> would like talk about like eating a whole pizza and then hiding the box from my roommates and like. <laughs> putting going outside and like putting it under other stuff in the recycling so that it's like totally hidden and and then them coming <laughs> you don't home have to and, answer any questions yeah and then like them coming home and like wanting to go get pizza and then like me being like oh fuck like it's just <laughs> like <laughs> but then going and getting pizza anyway and just feeling like even more just just feeling like garbage yeah uh, <laughs> um but i noticed the farther that i go up north to do comedy Mm. The less and less like this, the like the dick joke stuff, or like the um, anything kind of in that realm, or anything that's more shocking, doesn't necessarily it for at least in my experiences, it hasn't worked as well as like more like self deprecating or observational or kind of topical stuff, I guess. And I don't know, yeah, I think, I think that's that, symptom. Sorry, I was just gonna say, I think that's from like seeing comedy more often like and having comedy more like available um is probably way more open mic like just the density of it probably filters all that shit out because it's like early kind of stage or just kind of like beginnings it's kind of think i where people go i think yeah i i think it's one of those things too where yeah it's like <coughs> pardon me <clears throat> um to piggyback off what you said they the san francisco San Francisco has a very unique audience and I'll say unique cause I don't want to say good or bad, but I will end up saying both things about them. Um, 
but I think yeah, it's like if you got if you're gonna have a dick joke or a dirty joke, it better be a good one because we've kind of we've heard it. Um, that's that's kind of the essence in San Francisco is that we've heard it. It's mm-hmm. a very spoiled and not in a not to say it in a super negative way, but they're spoiled for good comedy. You know, they've had great comedians coming through the punchline and and Cobbs and they see all these acts, and so then for you to um, be also there comparatively. Uh, you got to do a lot of work to make sure that you're kind of keeping up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I don't think there's anything wrong with a good old fashioned dick joke. And believe me, I had a lot of them. And and like, um, like I would pride myself in trying to make liberal ass San Francisco laugh at something that overtly is too blue collar or low brow or, uh, you know, in, you know, mm. my God, I'm sitting here next to my partner. I can't have them know that I think that this is funny. He's talking about his member. How dare he? Yeah. Look at him. Look at him smiling about it, too. He derives such pleasure in the dirt, the filth. And so it's like, I don't know, you, to an extent, fuck him. Like, if it's a good joke, it's a good joke. Mm-hmm. And what are you, too good to laugh at dicks? Are you too good to <laughs> laugh at a fart joke? <laughs> Fuck you. You're a human being. You probably shit your pants three days ago and you're hiding it from everyone in your social circle. <coughs> too good to laugh at dicks. Yeah. That's so you know, funny. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I love traveling um, anywhere out of San Francisco, <laughs> um, but not to just totally shit on them. But I, I do love it when you go to a place where it's like people will just – appreciate comedy for comedy and not hold it to any sort of expectations or put it up on a pedestal and to it to because to a certain extent i do a lot of that and i'm constantly kicking myself for not having anything to say or not having um you know this grand perspective like um, great it, tight punch a great misdirect sure it's and, like and, unique and and clever as fuck and 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 you know but all yeah, things yeah. in all in all due time and and you know all of us are on our own character arcs and we're going to get where we're going to get um mm-hmm. and as long as you put in the work uh you know not everybody has to a certain extent i think a lot of the people that were like real big flash in the pan like overnight successes back in the day it was because simply people had never heard shit like that and so um i don't and know i'm not i'm, I'm not was like a funnel right for for like things like that to get just mass exposure like there was sure yeah and yeah it's weird how it's viewed and then dude yes this is like i've been thinking about this same kind of thing like uh it's because i don't want to put down the greats Mm -hmm. (laughs) but to a certain extent it's like you know you could wow anybody with a black and white television in whatever decade that they came out and i'm an idiot i don't know but you know now we all have iPhones and and we all expect a little bit more of our technology. Yeah, like there's there was more out there than what was being captured in in the past. Like technology hasn't didn't catch up with like the content that could have been because there was probably a bunch of stuff that just was never being captured, you know, or filmed or like mm-hmm. like the like you know like like you were doing like doing the you know the show after the after the show with all the comics, like stuff like that wasn't being like put anywhere or, or like, so nobody could see it. And then you get like, yeah, you get like people like, that's why Dane Cook's trajectory is the way that it was. I would, is a similar thing because he saw an advantage and like jumped on it. And like, 
started using this platform right away and like everybody else was just kind of like, ah, oh, this doesn't, that's not going to work. That's not going to be a thing, you know? And, <clears throat> and he's able to just, you know, push himself to doing arenas. And, and I think that, yeah, I totally agree with that. Dude. I think about that a lot. I think about like the, how technology has just allowed so much more to be out there and it would be like that at any time that technology, if this technology would have have been put out in any time in history, mm-hmm. it would be the same. Everything would be put out. Like it would be, you'd have, you know, everybody would have, like you said, everybody should have podcasts as like a companion to their career. Like everybody, like podcasting would have been started. There would have been like all this stuff was just waiting on technology. I think like humans mm-hmm. already had all this kind of in there, like subconscious or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, and so now is like, you know, a very unique time for us. Um, and it's also the, the unique challenge that that presents is that with so much being out there, you really, really have to work to, to differentiate from what has been, um, you know, previously recorded, captured, shared, mm-hmm. um, is fondly remembered by people who love comedy. And so, uh, you know, you're you're up against a, a big wall of content and it's hard to not think of it like that um but i think it's important if i can try to wrap this fucking thought together i'm sorry yeah, i think it's important to travel around and and get in touch with different types of audiences everywhere mm-hmm. um to learn if what you're saying is really like universally objectively funny or if it's you know if it's just something that makes santa cruz people laugh if it's just something that makes san francisco people laugh um or if it's something that works everywhere else except for san francisco and then you realize okay well they just got a you know a stick up their ass about this particular topic or what or they think they're too good for dicks Mm -hmm. um you know but i think it's if it's objectively funny it's objectively funny if it's dirty it's dirty I don't think everybody needs to be, you know, I don't know why I, 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 a lot of times when I have conversations, I'll just throw Jerry Seinfeld under the bus for being clean. Uh, I'm like, not everybody has to be Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, but you know, it's true. Not everybody has to, you know, there are unique things that you can say about common human experiences. And some of them happen to be fucking dirty and filthy or, or Mm -hmm. inappropriate or, um, now in particular, I think we have a huge challenge of, uh, attacking things that are deemed to be, uh, not politically correct. You know, that's the, that's kind of our hill that we're, a lot of us are going to fucking die on. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have to try to push the rock up that fucking hill and, uh, you know, gain ground on taking back control of the things that you can and can't say, not, not to say that you, you know, should be out there spewing hateful things because obviously that's, you know, objectively mean and, mm-hmm. and incorrect, yeah. but you should have the ability to, to provide commentary on all sorts of things and not, you know, have to measure your speech or have to worry about where you are to say what you're going to say. Um, I don't know. This is a big tangent that I'm going off on here, but no, you're making a lot of good points. And when, what you're, what you're saying earlier about kind of, uh, I, I kind of think of comedians or comedy in general as like that, that line in between like 
what's like hateful and bad, right? Mm-hmm. And and then what's like normal good. Like comedy always like is kind of like that dividing like space. It's like in the Venn diagram, you know, like because mm-hmm. comedy you make jokes about things that are jokes, but other people can see them as hurtful things, and that's like the craziest. Uh, like thing to have to like battle with even like in a at a local thing like as a small thing you have like two or three people come up to you and be like that wasn't funny you're like okay mm-hmm. cool like they laughed though so I'm uh, what like <laughs> you just have yeah. to and so uh, like I <clears throat> I th- like it's it's been interesting to watch like especially like the past like I would say like five or six years um, especially just like comedy being under this kind of like microscope uh, or at least it feels like it is by like the media or whatever I'm using air quotes but um, I don't know dude yeah, I'm sorry like... I started it <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> no you're right I mean it's it's like for whatever reason the big eye of Sauron has shifted onto the art of comedy and mm-hmm. now um, you know not to say that some of the people that were canceled didn't deserve you know i think some of the people that deserve to go have gone and then there are some people that you know caught a lot of flack um and in general the comedy world seemed to be uh knocked down a peg in in a way as far as you know the whole thing with the art of comedy if you were to boil it down to like what you're doing in a room with people when you go out to a show is you're gaining their trust yeah and you're you're gaining their trust for you to be able to tell them what's funny, but also to be able to inject what you think is true or a little bit of philosophy. If you're, if you're going for that. Yeah. Um, people think, yeah. You're injecting your perspective, but you're, you're doing that based on the trust and, and good faith that you've earned on being funny and, and getting them laughing. And you're kind of like getting them into that. It's like when you're on a date, you know, you, you, you try to get them laughing and, and to trust you in a way. And, and then you've yeah. made that connection and you're like, okay, well now we can communicate like people. I'm not trying to impress you anymore. We can, you know, not mm-hmm. that I'm not trying to impress you, but you know, now I can, you know, be a little bit more real. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of comedy is based on public trust and there was a seemingly concerted effort to undermine a lot of that trust and so now it used to be you would hear people say comedians are the last arbiters of free speech and they will say things that news networks won't or that uh that you won't hear from your politicians and they'll speak the truth to you while making you laugh and now it's like well comedians are are predators and and idiots and (laughs) which you know you can apply those labels to to some but do you think that has to do with uh the exposure comedy's gotten over you know, since like technology is expanded, like the exposure of comedy into people that didn't really know about what it exactly it was maybe in the past and now have an exposure to all this stuff. And they're like, I'm not comfortable with people saying stuff like this. It's like, okay, well it was in a club and Mm -hmm. you had to go there to hear it, or you had to go to the show to hear it, or you had to pay for the pay-per-view to watch the special to see it. Now you can just, it's available next to your shows on Netflix. And you're like, what's this fucking guy with the microphone like i don't know i think about that i think about like how many people are actually seeing stand-up comedy now as opposed to 
you know, like when people like Kinnison and those guys were around, like you had And it was a niche kind of a thing where it's like, you know, most yeah. people enjoyed music, but some people enjoyed stand up comedy. It was like mm-hmm. jazz or like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, cl- yeah um, clubs, yeah. There was like there wasn't, you know. So that's an interesting point. And speaking of clubs, I, I forget if it was um the comedy cellar in New York or it it was one of like the main New York comedy clubs. It was around the time when Louis had just gotten canceled and was starting to like reappear mm-hmm. a couple months later. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I know what you're talking about yeah. And this club owner put up a sign that said it's like a a pool. It said swim at your own risk or something like that. No, like no lifeguard duty swim at your own risk or like uh, sharks in the water swim at your own risk or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially echoing that that sentiment that you just put forth which is that you know you're you're going to the club you're buying the hbo special you're tuning into the netflix thing or you know if you're seeking it out you're seeking you know it shouldn't be i don't know it should you have the equal ability to then unplug yourself and walk Mm -hmm. away and you don't have to fucking burn down the building I think that's no. something that gets misunderstand misunderstood a lot with with a lot of different things besides comedy, like with with like social media and with like uh, like music, concerts, whatever. You Outrage culture to. in general. It's like it just yeah. because I don't like this thing, nobody can have it. It's a very mm-hmm. controlling. It's have you ever been in a controlling relationship? Or you yeah, know had yeah. had a, had a friend that's like you know yeah, yeah. their girlfriend won't let them go anywhere, and you're like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. And they're and the girlfriend is like, well he's my man and if i can't have him no one can and it's that's a weird example but i don't know if you've ever no no i know what you're talking about i'm just it's just this kind of controlling mentality where people get upset and they're like well if i don't enjoy this there definitely can't be anyone else that enjoys this or no one should have to be subjected to it Mm -hmm. uh but there are you know if it's a 200 person club and you walked out there are 199 people still in there laughing and you're going and to take laughing away at thing. you probably that you left if you made a scene and left in the comic like the, I love those where the guys like the guys just yelling at him it's like a, a just a heckler just just going full full steam <laughs> and then they kick him out and he's like whatever dude I'm out of here and then the, well, he leaves and then everybody's like even the comic takes a deep breath he's like okay now we thank can, God yeah like now we can get back to it and it's like people don't like I had a guy I used to work with at this restaurant and he was like. Man, if I wasn't here, you guys wouldn't, you know, you guys wouldn't be able to do. And I was just looking at him like, dude, we would get somebody else to come in for you, and then we would in a go, day. yeah, it like really fast. And he's like, yeah, if a car breaks down, you know, if a car loses its tire, it can't drive. I was like, yeah, you just go get a new tire, bro. Like I was like, that's such yeah, a bad example. Bro. I was like, you just go get a new fucking tire, dude. Like you're a t- if you're if you're saying that you're a tire. There's yeah. so many other tires. Have you never seen? Like, you played yourself. Yeah. Do you watch NASCAR? Like, <laughs> you're only on the fucking track for a couple laps, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, you're fucking. You what are you? What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. You're a tire. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. I, that just. <laughs> have you ever seen someone uh, lose to a heckler? No, or not, not lose to a heckler, but I but like I, the heckler I, has a good comeback or something. Not, I've seen that, um, and I've seen someone get defeated on stage and then and unfortunately have to carry through with their set. Oh, um, 
But I was just going to paint a picture of a very different evening of, you know, when the heckler leaves and everyone's like, oh, thank God. There was one night when I was working at Cobb's. It was actually my last shift there. Uh, it was a New Year's show, which are notoriously well, like one of the worst shows at clubs. Everyone gets way too drunk. <laughs> and then they fucking the show goes till midnight because they do a countdown thing. So oh, they're just yeah, like yeah. literally sometimes it's a Tuesday. Sometimes it's, a, you know, <laughs> they would have work and they're just shit faced and then angry because they're waiting. And yeah. uh, oh, my God, I, I shouldn't name any names, but um, this guy's on stage and he is fucking hilarious and very good at crowd work. And, um, you know, a real heavy hitter and and people respect him. He's also one of those people that can bomb with the best of them. But like, you know, in a way that like tonight he was making it art um, and because, you know, it's a New Year's show. Everyone's being shitty. And so he was it was very much like the, the Bill Burr in, in Philadelphia incident okay. kind of men- mentality where it's like you people are going to be like this. Well, then I'm going to be like this. I'm just Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he starts going around the room picking fights with every table just (laughs) you're this and you guys are fucking you know and just at one point i forget where it took a turn but he's literally getting booed (laughs) by the entire room (laughs) 400 people at Cobbs, 450 sometimes if we broke codes um and everyone is booing and then he he goes and he starts to make fun of for some reason this elder couple like an old lady and an old guy and he's fucking with the old lady and like why saying like why are you guys or something like that and and the whole guy boo boo and he's he keeps fucking with the old lady and then her husband this like 90 year old man starts to stand up in his chair and shake his fist (laughs) at the guy on stage and he's literally gonna get up and go to fight him and he's and then the guy on stage is like what are you gonna come up here and fight me old man and he's and the guy's like trying his best to get up and defend his wife's honor Dude, that's awesome <laughs> and the whole audience Bow! <laughs> it was uproarious and then he finally i think was just like okay i'm gonna get off stage this is enough but it was like i had never seen anyone bomb like that but it wasn't it wasn't really bombing because oh, that's on- some deep energy in that 90 year old dude to like <laughs> to really just start <laughs> he was just like i've had stuff and he's like you know what son it's fuck let's take this outside <laughs> i've had half a bottle of prosecco i'll fuck I'll you up boy die right now <laughs> <laughs> and i'm taking you with me yeah. <laughs> uh. that's awesome dude I mean, oh my god eating it like joe biden on the way up the stairs <laughs> would have been awful <laughs> No one's uh, no one fucking helped him. No one's like at the top no, or people, anything. People were like starting to turn and like do that thing where are we gonna have to really, you know, are we really gonna have to go help yeah. him? Yeah. <laughs> but they were just like booing him and telling him to get off the stage, and and he was finally like, all right, that's enough. I'm not gonna start a full on riot. Holy shit, that's so. And funny, then we man. all toasted and counted down to New Year's, which is the funniest <laughs> part of that story. <laughs> And that's how we brought in 2020. That 90-year-old dude is like, damn, I almost didn't make it to the new year. <laughs> that is the best note about that, is that we all put up, turned on the lights, counted down. All right, who's ready champagne. for the ball to drop? <laughs> oh, my God. That's how we rang in 2020, dude. I do love that energy of bombing and the host is like, 
Well, who's ready for your next call? Like just the, the <laughs> yeah. like just the treasure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, dude. Well, listen, man. This has been uh, it's been a fun conversation. Um, I want to give you the chance right now before uh, we wrap up to you know plug your podcast, plug where people can go, um, check you out on on social media and stuff. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, Michael. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. It's been nice yeah. to virtually meet you one of these days. We'll hang out in person and go hit some shows and stuff. And um, sure. you can uh, find me online at Austin T car. T is my middle initial car with two R's. And um, my show talking after sets will be coming back to clubs once clubs are a thing again. And we've got a cool outdoor show uh, on a tour boat in san francisco that goes under the golden gate bridge and the bay bridge and all that around alcatraz called uh you can just go to comedy on the bay.com and the podcast is people of earth people of earth podcast hell yeah which you have uh the, i like the backdrop you have for it, like the the brick and the uh, gotta go brick uh, yeah. yeah it's cool looking i've been thinking about uh <laughs> what to do with my with my room here i'm trying to come up with uh whether i should do like a curtain or maybe just do a green screen thing do uh, a green screen i just got one for uh the studio because i've been fucking around filming like little uh you know things that i can eventually put up on my youtube channel uh um, yeah but the green screen's very versatile you know oh, okay. then you could have that brick background behind you you could hang uh you could even put a curtain behind it just to help with the soundproofing or whatever but everything sounds great in there Okay, yeah, I I've seen some online that it looks like they're not they're not fairly expensive. They have, it comes with like a a platform for you to kind of hang it over and stuff. Um, yeah, you can I even mean, get some that stick to your chair, and then you could just be coming at you live from the moon. The moon? Oh, I could just do dabs on the moon, dude. And see, now you're now you're putting ideas in my head. <laughs> Don't stop at the moon. All right, yeah. <laughs> once you're flying, once you're out there, keep going, keep dabbing. Just see where you end up. I'm just in another galaxy. Like, oh, dude. Oh, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on today, dude. Seriously, go check out his podcast, People of Earth. And, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, thank you, dude. I'll have to, we'll have to do this oh, yeah, again doggy. sometime for sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cool. And... Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.